Well, good morning. Today, we're going to look at the question of who is the Holy Spirit? And perhaps more importantly, why we should view him as important and look to understand him better. I'm going to share some verses from God's word as part of these thoughts. And Sally Lloyd has kindly agreed to read those verses for us. If you were to give me just a few seconds to sum up the Holy Spirit, I'd say that it is God offering to come right into the middle of our lives and begin to make a real difference. To understand what that means, though, we need to go right back to the beginning. We first get to see the Holy Spirit in the second verse of the Bible. Before humanity, the Holy Spirit is there. In Genesis 1-2, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the Holy Spirit is one of the three persons, along with God the Father and Jesus the Son, that together we understand to represent God. We understand that God creates the world and time itself. And so right from the beginning, the Holy Spirit is there. Now, I grew up learning about Christianity. So as a result, the idea of there being a God and that God being more than one person was never something that I particularly grappled with. I understand, though, that that will make plenty of people say, huh, why three? Well, one thing that I've found helpful is the idea that God is community. He has created us in his image and he understands our need to live and to work together. This idea of community is evident in Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. The Holy Spirit is an active part of the community of God. He's right in there amongst the action. In the Bible Project video we'll watch after this, we'll hear how the writers of the Bible understood the Spirit to be the power and the presence of God. When thinking about the Holy Spirit, I found the following three words helpful when looking to understand the Spirit better. The Holy Spirit is powerful, personal, and purposeful. And it's important to remember that the Holy Spirit is equal to and just as important as God the Father and Jesus. A part of growing as a Christian in our relationship with God is learning to understand how the Spirit is working in our lives. So firstly, how is the Holy Spirit powerful? Well, the Spirit of God is understood 
to represent the source of life itself. In the creation account, we see the image is used of God breathing into a man and bringing life. Images of breath, wind and fire each appear as representations of the spirit at work. Also, in one of the earliest books of the Bible, Job, in chapter 3, 33, verse 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. God's word reminds us in many contexts of our reliance on him, whether for life itself, as a visible guide for God's people in Exodus, trying to find their way to the promised land, the source of prophecy, courage, or even protection from harm. In our current situation, I've been doing a lot of exercise at home, and I have days when I feel energised and strong, and other days when I feel like I've frankly got a long way to go. Whenever we read about the Holy Spirit acting powerfully, we are reminded that that power is greater than any we can muster ourselves. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is sent to be with us and to relate to us personally. In John chapter 14, verses 26 to 27, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So what is an advocate? Well, it's someone to speak up for and look out for another. An advocate can only really do that if they understand the circumstances that the person faces. And the Holy Spirit does that for us as individuals and as a church and as wider communities. The Holy Spirit is there to speak on our behalf, but Jesus also promises peace. The Holy Spirit is there to bring the Father's peace and comfort. It's a two-way thing. Sometimes when we think that finding strength is always about physically getting through difficult situations, sometimes we need the help that comes from sharing personally our problems when we can't even find the right words ourselves. And the Holy Spirit helps us with that too. Listen to the words of Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit also brings us closer with fellow believers. It serves as a sign of our membership, of God's family. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, For we were all baptised by one Spirit, so as to form one body, 
whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. We are equal in the sight of our Father, yet we're all distinctive too. I found this to be helpful as there have been times when I, as a believer, have struggled with the fact that I've not personally experienced the Holy Spirit in some of the same ways as other believers, whether that's words of prophecy and speaking or speaking in tongues. It's not about the gifts, but rather the fact that God wishes to know each of us better. The last point I'd like to make is that the Holy Spirit is purposeful. He has a reason for doing what he does. Throughout the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit became present in the lives of certain people at certain times to encourage, to warn, to guide. I believe that such moments happened because God wanted to serve a wider purpose, to equip believers for specific tasks. The words of the prophet Isaiah provide an example of God's priorities when it comes to sending the Spirit. In Isaiah 61.1, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners. Today, however, God promises the Holy Spirit to be with us at all times, to be a reminder of what Jesus said and taught as we read in John. The work of making Jesus known in our community is supported by the Holy Spirit every day. God's prepared to do amazing things to break down the barriers that get in the way of that happening. In Acts 2, 1-4, we read about the Spirit breaking down language barriers for that reason. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit today is God offering to come right into the heart of our lives to equip us for its challenges and to enable us to get to know both ourselves and our Creator better. By sending the Spirit, God wanted to break down barriers between people. Today those barriers can take many different forms and so as Christians we need to be prepared for the Spirit to work in exciting and creative ways. The Spirit is bringing believers close together but also having them live distinctively, to stand out by the ways that they live in the communities that they find themselves. Well, what qualities would stand out in our world? Well, Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 give us a list. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Demonstrating these characteristics in our relationships and the environments we find ourselves in, I think can provide us with a purpose, a challenge and a motivation. The Holy Spirit has a role to challenge and equip us to do more and to guide our conscience when that's needed. There are certainly times when I feel that I've a long way to go in my Christian journey to fully be led by the Holy Spirit to reflect Christ's character. But he's promised to be with us for the long haul of life. If, like me, you feel that you've got a way to go to model those fruits of the Spirit and to fully appreciate who the Holy Spirit is, I'd like to leave you with some words from John Stott, which may be a source of encouragement. But the Holy Spirit is not in a hurry. Character is the produce of a lifetime. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. (sighs) So you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, Ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes. And the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. 
Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's spirit. And so today, the spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit.